0: On this month's show, we're talking about e-bikes for kids, a local Supercross up-and-comer, and a vintage swap meet outside of Bellingham. All that and more is coming up on this month's episode of The Sound Rider Show.
1: Support for The Sound Rider Show is provided in part by... Rockstraps.
2: Tired of bungee cords
1: that fray and break? You need to up your game with the number one tie-down
2: among riders. Rock straps make it easy to get the right fit, no matter how large or small the load you're securing. Order a pair today from the Soundrider store at store.soundrider.com.
3: Hello, this is Bill Cameron from Skagit Power Sports.
1: Welcome to the Soundrider Show.
4: And now live from the Crow's Nest studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Soundrider Show. A candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Merrin, and whoever else happens to drop by today.
3: Greetings, riders from all over the Pacific Northwest, all over the United States, all over the world, all over the universe. It's the SoundRider Motorcycle Show. And you're here with me, Tom Merrin, the publisher... Jennifer Poole, our writer at large. Welcome everybody. And it's April. Yay. Spring is sprung. Yay. So uh what you been doing? Working too much and not riding enough. How about you? See, that's that's what everybody is listening to the show can probably say the same thing. And I know, so, it's terrible. We
0: need, to, we need to make a shift and uh, get get out riding more. As soon as
3: we get some of those 60-degree clear days, I want to be hitting the road. Indeed. I am seeing more bikes out, which
0: is uh, exciting. Uh, it is a, a, a kind of a tricky transition time if you're not used to riding in the cooler weather, but uh, there's we've had some nice days, and uh, seeing more bikes out is always great.
3: Yep, and I got to go out to Spokane and go to the motorcycle show. Yay. Tell us about that. How was it? So It was uh, It was good. It was, it was really well attended. Um, That's great. I worked it with Rich at Rich's Custom Seats. I worked the booth. So uh, Friday night, it was pretty busy. On Saturday, you couldn't see down the entire length of the hall. There were so many people in it. And that Sweet. went on until like 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Finally Excited. eased up. And then uh Sunday, eh, kinda so so, but you know, that gives you time to talk to people more and Sure. You know, explain stuff better without feeling like there's three more people that want to talk to you in the booth. So Sure. Now
0: did you have much of a chance to uh wander around even maybe before the show the gates opened, or were you uh too busy to check out the other vendors and see what else was there?
3: I know. I had plenty of time. Um, there was three of us in the booth. There was Rich, myself, oh, nice. and another guy. And uh, we kind of took turns taking breaks and kind of walking the floor. So I I really did take about probably 10 or 15 trips around the building just to kind of get out of the booth a little bit. Sure. And did you catch any of the outdoor, the stunt shows with the Cossacks? I did not. I've seen them many, many times. So Yep. But, yeah, they're great, and you know you have to hit that as, at a particular time—ten o'clock, two o'clock, five o'clock, whatever it was. So uh, I know Rich and and our other uh, compatriot made it out there. Cool. And, yeah. Uh, um. But you know, um. Let's see. There was a, a really a large Indian display, which I've I know they've done that a few years now. Uh, yep. It's as big as the Harley display at that show. And then there was... uh, And
0: those are the local dealers they had. Yeah, these are all
3: local dealers. So like um, Westside Motorsports has like six different marquees that they sell. So uh, they had, you know, some Kawasaki's and some Honda's and some BMW's. They didn't have everything because I guess they don't have everything. Like nobody had a CRF 230 or 250. Um, Okay. You know, that rally bike that Honda makes now. Right. So, could
0: you tell or get much of a sense of, of uh, sales activity? And were you noticing people were shopping and buying uh, motorcycles? Or was it more uh, the other accessories and things that were getting the attention?
3: Uh, there was bikes being sold, for sure. Because I was right. seeing a lot of bikes with sold signs on them. And that's the thing about that show that was different from when we used to have the show in Seattle, is that sure. they they could sell right on site.
0: Right. Never that is That, that is great. Yeah, I mean, how fun to be able to go, right, it, as uh, uh, was alluded to before uh, the show, is is that unique quality of it where you can go and sit on a bunch of different bikes and have them all right there and choose the one you want and not have to drive around to a bunch of different dealerships or, um, you know, spend multiple weekends trying to figure out what you
3: want. Yeah. And I noticed – or what I didn't notice was there wasn't a lot of people buying accessories. There wasn't people buying helmets and jackets and Hmm. boots and pants and gloves. I wasn't seeing people hauling around a brand-new motorcycle jacket or a box with a helmet inside or – wasn't yeah, that. huh.
0: that's interesting because that is one of the things I've tended to like about the shows is is having that all in one place, um, you know, especially for women's gear and, you know, kind of being able to check some things out and and uh, not have to rely on one shop. Um, so I'm a little surprised to hear that because that uh, usually it, it's nice to have that as well in in one place and to take advantage of some of those show deals and, and the sales and things.
3: Yeah, and I think out here on the west side of the state, um there's a lot more diversity in the type of bikes that people buy. Sure. And so um uh, there's probably a lot more textile, you know, per capita of textile clothing that gets sold and sure. uh, things like like mesh mesh gear and uh, not just, you know, ladies of harley type jackets it's it's a lot sure, more than that just that leather gets sold. but that will be primarily what you see out in the spokane area is going to mm-hmm. be mostly the cruiser stuff
0: sure sure so cool well it sounds like a really great event and uh, glad you're able to make it out there and I'm glad it had a great turnout and glad to hear that a lot of bikes got sold that's uh, super
3: yeah it was fun to hang out with rich because i i had done the canadian show with him prior to the pandemic and then I hadn't seen him literally for two oh, years. Oh, sure, yeah, and so, he's still his
0: shop is up in Kingston here in on the Kitsap side, right?
3: Yep, right when you get yep. off the ferry, about five cool. minutes from the ferry.
0: It's been on my to-do list to uh, to get a new seat for my KLR,
3: and I just haven't made it up there yet. So maybe this is the year. Well, there is a Kingston in Idaho along I ninety, just to the east of Coeur d'Alene. So okay. we spent a good part of the weekend explaining to people. I know we're talking about <laughs> Kingston, and maybe we should open up a second richest location in Kingston. There you I go. Know. He
0: should have a shop in every state that has a town called Kingston. Oh, there you go. There
3: you go. And then when he gets ready to sell it, it just changes to Kingston motorcycle seats and everything will be fine. <laughs> All right. But uh, I, I really, I really like working with him in the booth because I'm a. A big proponent of what he does. And uh, I hadn't really counted it out before, but he's he's actually built me eight seats. And he's also modified the seat in my car. Nice. Ah, I didn't know he did car seats as well. Yeah, and uh, my hip's a whole lot happier for the car work that he did.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, it makes a huge difference, Uh, even if you're not going on long rides, the short rides, the long rides, all of that, you know, really can take a beating on your body if you're not comfortable or if you have, you know, some edge that's hitting you in a funky spot and that's kind of the problem with my klr i I, man that thing hurts (laughs) it's not comfortable
3: (laughs) so yeah you know now is the time to call in and get your appointment because you're not going to get in this week if you call in you're going to have to still wait like like four or six weeks but if you wait until june forget it you're not getting your new seat until like september at that point sure sure yeah that's a good tip for everybody get those orders in now But, you know, now, has he ever built a seat for you?
0: No. Nope. I haven't managed to to work that out
3: yet or to get up there. Well, it's an all-day affair. Mm, So mm -hmm. take your your laptop, your iPad, your phone, have it charged up, whatever, because you're going to have a lot of time cooling your heels. Okay.
0: That's good. Good to know. The the process uh, is
3: you'll bring the the bike in, Mm -hmm. and then they'll take the cover off the seat, and they'll have you come sit on it. They'll mark it out, and then they'll shave around on it and add a little foam here and there, and then they have you test ride. Nice. So the whole time they're working, you got nothing to do until you right. go for your test ride. And then you come back, and you tell them what feels good, what feels bad. You, you want to get good. a little higher, a little lower in your case probably. Sure, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, My my uh, when I bought the KLR, I'd already had a uh,
0: an aftermarket seat on it but it's it's all i mean it, i think that thing's been uh it's not it wasn't a new aftermarket seat so um i might have to see if i can get
3: a hold of an original seat pan maybe um well and sure. it, was it so it was like a sergeant seat or something like a corbin I, or something it's a corbin yep so, it's a okay corbin. so you're gonna have to get the seat pan because he can't yep. work on the corbins gotcha okay Good uh, corbin to know uses right. a rivet system and by the time you drill mm-hmm. that all out you've made a mess out of the seat pan Good to know. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you, the the, um, original seat pants for the KLRs, like most things for the KLRs, are pretty easy to come by. So that shouldn't be any problem. Well, in
3: fact, (laughs) you should call Rich because he might have one in the shop. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. And that was kind of funny at the show. um, On Friday afternoon, you know, they they opened the show. I think I opened it up at 4 or 5 in the afternoon. So we went, cruised around because they had a whole swap meet section. Nice. Rich saw a couple of seats that he wanted, so he bought them. And then the next thing you know, people are coming over to the booth, hey, you want to buy my motorcycle seat? (laughs) (laughs) No, I saw that one. We don't want that one. Right? (laughs) Uh, Love it. So anyways, yeah. So so it is spring, and uh, it's time to ride. And we put together this little article called Spring Has Sprung. As sort of for, for the people like me who now, you know, I used to ride all year long, but now I really only ride six months out of the year and I got to pull my bike out. And, sure. And uh, so I had a couple of tips in here about sort of when you get on the bike the first time, what do you, you know, how do you feel? Is the bike ready? Sure. It's a lot to think about when you're uh, rolling the bike out of the garage for the first time in a couple of months. So you can't imagine going and riding a five hundred mile day the first time, can you?
0: No kidding. Yeah, that would uh, that would be really painful, especially too. I mean, you don't even think about uh, the you know the mental fatigue in addition to the, f- the physical fatigue if you haven't uh, been riding all through the winter.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. In fact, you know, one time I had a MSF instructor explain to me that uh, when you drive a car your brain runs about 16,000 calculations per minute. When you ride a motorcycle, your brain runs 30,000 calculations per minute. Makes sense. So when you're talking about mental fatigue, just, you know, three or four hours on a bike, kind of sure. kind of got to get, get yourself built up for that. Right. And, and, you know, I think too, not, I mean, you should pay attention all the
0: time, but I think this time of year when uh, there aren't as many motorcycles out and the, the, the um, uh, four wheel drivers aren't accustomed to seeing us, you have to be extra cautious and uh, that, you know, can wear you down too. As uh, uh, again, always, you know, always assume people can't see you, but I think there's, there's a little bit more likelihood that you might find yourself in a, uh, unpleasant situation in in this time of year when uh, when people aren't paying as much attention to motorcycles.
3: Or you can avoid a unpleasant situation, right? Just Please by remembering, do. you know, no, I, <laughs> yep. it doesn't matter what time of year it is. My my golden yep. rule is: no one can see me. Right. Exactly. I can have a yellow helmet and a yellow jacket. I got a yellow right. motorcycle. They probably just think I'm a little bumblebee going around, <laughs> right? <as well>. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: it's you know I think super important to uh to to make sure that you're you have your up to date on your rider training and that uh, you've got your all the like you pointed out in the article the maintenance up uh up to speed and up to date on your bike and and that your gear check your gear before you go you know you might have a broken zipper or a, That's uh true. you know a moth hole you didn't know about, you know, who knows what's been going on while that gear has been sitting still in the winter.
3: Oh, do I have a moth choose my, do moths eat textile clothing?
0: Probably not the textile so much as maybe the, I don't know,
3: I guess. Maybe the helmet uh, liner. or something. not. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that would be gross. I hate moths. They, the, they're, they're they're oh. Cause I had one of those earwigs go in my right ear when I was doing oh. a ride one day. And then by the time I got down oh. with 500 miles, he'd come out the other side of my ear. Hey, there you go. <laughs> And you were none the wiser, right? You bored a really nice <laughs> hole through my brain. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> Make room for some new ideas. Uh,
3: yeah, so so is the bike ready to roll? You know, you can't just uh, pop it off the kickstand. You got to get those tires filled up. Uh, you got to take a look at the color of the. Um, brake fluid up in yep. the reservoir because if it's brown you need to change that and you know yep. you can get moisture build up in those lines sure and then and uh, then that yep, can the actually coolant. boil when you're riding oh wow yeah that'd be awful
0: and then uh, yeah check your coolant and uh make sure that's
3: up up where it needs to be Check your coolant, and if you can't find where to check the coolant out <laughs> after two hours, you should probably check and see if maybe you have an air-cooled motorcycle. Right. <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't had the bike on a battery charger, put it on a battery charger. Yep. Before check your I- headlights, taillights.
0: You got to make sure that you didn't have any bulbs go out in your turn signals and your brake lights. What well, do so you have for... What do you have for battery chargers? I use the Optimates. Ah, I think good. it's the Optimate 4. I, I won't use anything else. Yep. I love the Optimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great. Those are amazing.
3: Because that, that has saved me many times where I'm like, uh-oh, that light won't. After three days, that light's still blinking. I need to throw this battery out. I'll tell you I thought about getting one for
0: a car <laughs> just because of not driving much and not going anywhere over the past year or so. Uh you know, the car just sits more than than it used to and uh, uh I, I contemplated. I was almost to the point of I'm i not going anywhere enough. I need to get one of those Optimates for the car.
3: You should. I have an Optimate mm-hmm. six. You should get one because uh remember that the Optimate actually cycles your battery so uh, not only does it, it, it not only does it charge it, but it desulfates all oh, the nice. uh, yep. the little things inside.
0: Yeah, those things the are cellulites. well worth the price you pay for them for sure.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about tires. You know, everybody goes, "What's two thirty seconds of tread mean?" Well, that means <laughs> your tire is pretty much done. And the way you can measure two thirty seconds, and I don't have this in the article. But, um, if you have a penny, you can mm-hmm. stick Mr. Lincoln's head up into the tread, and if you can see his hairline,
0: mm-hmm.
3: it's time then it's time for new tires, yep if you can you know if you can almost see his hairline, you know you're getting close, but you can buy they're they're not expensive. I think you can get them at most auto parts store a tread depth gauge. Sure. Well, and in addition, you, you know, you mentioned the t- the tread wear, but
0: uh, there's also, you know, if your tires are old and that rubber's gotten hard and and yeah. uh, not pliant anymore, you know, the, or you know, it's they're started starting to crack, uh, show signs of aging. So even if you're not riding as many miles to wear down the tread, you could still need new tires just uh, based on the the age of them.
3: Yeah, and that can happen, especially on a front tire. Because I can, yep. I can get about eh, eight or ten thousand out of a front tire, but mm-hmm. by then it might it might be three or four or five years old, and sure. who knows what the date sure. code was when they put it on, right? Which yep. is something people don't check most of the time when they buy tires. Is what what was the date code on those tires you just put on my bike? Right? Oh, it's already a two year old tire. Okay, I better right. ride a lot. <laughs> right, right. There you go. That's incentive to get out there and put some miles on them. All righty. Well, why don't we take a little break and when we come back, we'll do a whole bunch of news bites. Sounds good.
2: Support for SoundRider
1: and the SoundRider Show is made possible by Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I 5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hi, this is Carl. I live in Yakima, Washington. One of my favorite places to ride is Northeast Oregon because there's nobody out there.
2: Hi, this is Delvine Manning from the Bonneville Motorcycle Speed Trials, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. <music>
3: Soundwriter Show. It's April. We're talking about getting out and riding. But you know, we've already had some uh, events here in the Pacific Northwest of of note, you know. Uh, Yes. We just had the Supercross here in Seattle a couple weeks ago. And uh, I kind of took a look at all the winners and I was very interested in seeing who won in the Pacific Northwest. And the only name that came up is Carson Brown out of Ravensdale, Washington. He placed number nine this year in the Western Regional 250 Supercross Class Championship.
0: Yeah, so, we were talking about him a little bit. It looks like he's been racing for for a number of years, but uh, now he's making uh, getting more uh, finishes in the uh, top ten and uh you know so he's got a it's it's nice to see local riders and to be able to cheer for somebody that uh that that's from our region
3: <laughs> Yeah, we really don't know much about him but we could see on his history he he raced uh started racing in 2013 2013 yep he took a little break and- between 2014 and 2018 we're not sure why that was but then mm-hmm. um if you look at his wins this year he's got 3 wins in the top 10 on the circuit and that's the best he's had so you know he's been around a long time but he's kind of an up-and-comer too right yeah it's exciting he's racing a ktm 250 sfx
0: and or sxf (laughs) and uh yeah so if you can get to an event and uh, cheer him on know that you got some some locals to uh to root
3: for And it looks like he kind of switched from Husqvarna over to KTM about the Mm -hmm. same time that Husqvarna took possession of, or that KTM took possession of Husqvarna. Isn't that how it worked? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe they couldn't get parts or something. Hmm. (laughs) I, I don't know. All right. Uh, give us a report on the upcoming Tour Tech Rally. Yeah, yeah.
0: So the the Tour Tech Rally that happens out in Plain, Washington, is uh, scheduled for June twenty third and twenty sixth. If you don't know anything about that, Tour Tech uh, makes uh, accessories for uh off-road riding for all kinds of bikes they've been doing this for years and and they have uh, something for almost every bike um uh, all kinds of, skid plates uh bags windshields all kinds of stuff um uh, but the, so they you know years ago started out with a uh, customer appreciation event and, and it's just grown and grown and grown and now uh you know they they cap it around a thousand attendees so it's grown into a really really big event out in plain washington Uh, out near leavenworth um the cool thing that's developed over the years um is that now they're getting uh factory demo trucks and i want to say the first time that happened they had honda i think out there when when the african twin twin came out mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then there was and i can't remember if it was that same year or the next year they had ktm out there i got to ride a little ktm dirt bike that just about ripped my arms off It was a lot of fun. Um, So they, you know, they have had a couple of uh, factory demo trucks out there before, but on their newsletter, they're expecting, they listed that they expect six different uh, factory demo trucks. And I mean, what a great, I mean, the roads out there are just fun and fantastic. And the fact that they're going to have six different manufacturers out there with demo trucks for people to ride off road is is super exciting so if you haven't registered for that event i'd encourage you to do it that soon they expect it to sell out um and then uh, on top of that if if you're if you have a a topic you can present on or uh, if you're if you want to volunteer they're still looking for presenters and volunteers as well but it's gearing up to just be a super exciting event and it's always a lot of fun
3: and let's just hope the pandemic doesn't get out of control again. And yeah, it'll be not happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll see how the summer goes. That um, hopefully out in the the, the dry mountains <laughs> in June, uh, they'll they'll be able to get away with it.
3: You know, when I was in Spokane, Derek was there. And a lot yeah. of people who know this show know Derek, and Derek works for Law Tigers. Right. And have you ever seen his tiger that blows up? No. Does he have an inflatable tiger now? He has an inflatable tiger (laughs) that is at least 50 feet high. What? It's crazy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You can tell everybody how big it is, but then when you get up next to it, you realize just how big that tiger is. Oh, man. That sounds entertaining. So look for the tiger out at the Tour Tech Rally. All right. Well, let's hope. I I don't know. I haven't talked to Derek to see if he's going to be there or not, but if he is, you won't miss him.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Watch out for the high winds with that thing.
3: So, uh, Can-Am BRP made a, wait a minute, yeah, no, Can-Am, that's not BR, yeah, it is BRP, made an announcement the other day that they're bringing three electric motorcycles to the market. And what's the timeline on that, and what can you tell us about those bikes? Not much.
0: (laughs) That was basically
3: the only thing they really didn't, you know. They showed you silhouetted images from the top down. You couldn't really see what they were. And if you looked at the picture really closely, and you looked off to the right, there looked like there was a fourth vehicle there. Okay. And I'm wondering if that was a spider. Sure. So, Because if they're going to, and, and, and there was some talk in the press release that by 2026, all their new models would be electric. Oh, interesting. I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. That's, that is
0: interesting. I I saw a headline too. I, I didn't read the full article, but I, I think there's a bill knocking around for uh, Governor Inslee to sign that might require all new vehicles in the state of Washington by 2030 to be electric. That sounds really ambitious, um, so I didn't uh, pick through the details of that, but, um, I, you know, I think there's just more and more pressure for uh, electric to uh, become more prevalent, so I think we'll probably see everybody moving in that direction, or, or a lot of manufacturers moving in that direction. If Some of them might be playing a catch-up game, but uh, some of them are already developing, um, you know, vehicles and
3: motorcycles that uh, can meet that demand. Well, I... I got to say, you know, um an electric dual sport motorcycle. <laughs> you're not going to get too far with the with the way the technology is right now. You're not going to be able True. to ride 100 miles or more on a on a dual sport in the right. dirt where you're right. you know back and forth on the throttle all the time. You're probably going up yep. steeper hills and Yep. It, it, we're we're just not there yet.
0: Yeah, and and then you complicate that with a rider like me. <laughs> I'd be even, I'd get, I wouldn't get very far at all because if you saw the way I rode my KLR on steep inclines and declines, I get the worst mileage ever. So, uh, well, that's because sure you keep a, going yeah. halfway
3: up and turning around and coming back down <laughs> until Man, you finally I get it in, right on yeah, the
0: fourth try. There you go. I'd run that thing in first gear way more than I should. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well it'll be interesting. We'll see what uh, K&M uh when they when they let us uh, give us a better look at uh, what they're what they're bringing.
3: Yeah. And it's interesting cuz um I kind of forgot about this, but you know, after the whole demise of Alta, they got all the assets. Oh, okay. So they're huh. probably using a lot of that technology to build these. Sure, sure. And then, you know, all that stuff is, like, useless three years later. All the technology changes (laughs) and everything you paid for not really getting your money's worth out of it. Oh, man. That's tough. All right. All you dual sport guys who like the Carew 3 Metzler dual sport tire, guess what? After 10 years, Metzler is bringing a new model to the market, the Carew 4. All right. What's so tell us what the major changes are to the tire. Well, all I know is I saw a picture of this tire and it looks almost like a like a nub down paddle wheel. Uh the tread is up and down evenly across the entire uh sort of shape of the tire. So there's these dips and there's no single line of of tread that's solid all, all the way through the center. Which on a dual sport tire, you almost have to have, because Mm -hmm. otherwise, wait till you get on a graded bridge. (laughs) Whoa. Oh. oh. That is going to be one spooky tire on a graded bridge, I think. Oh, boy. So... Uh, And then uh, uh, you got some info here about Yamaha doing some power steering. Yeah. So this is a a
0: prototype power steering system that uh, Yamaha is using with their motocross racing team. Um, It also acts as a steering damper. And um, uh, this is a a unit that uh, mounts to the top of the triple clamp And it uses a magneto restrictive torque sensor um, that uh, senses the rotation of the steering head. Um, So it'll act like a power steering in a car um, for uh, uh, at low speed, it would act like a power steering unit in a car and, and kind of assist with rider inputs. And then at high speed, it transitions to being an electronically tunable steering damper. So, um if it sounds like that's kind of like why bother <laughs> um this article which i found on uh, uh new atlas uh, was just talking about um you know this it it will help with maneuverability new steering and maneuverability at slow speed um but then also um you know eventually may replace the traditional fluid based steering dampers um, with this electric unit and um, and then you know way future kind of looking into the future if if um, autonomous self-balancing motorcycles and self steering come into play, this is a kind of a step in that direction. so um, so it looks like they're they're gonna use this with their racing team and test it out and and uh, it's kind of a forward looking technology that that may seem unnecessary now but is is more uh something that will come into play in the future and so develop the technology now
3: what has happened to our species <laughs> that we need to have power steering on a motorcycle on a motorcycle, motorcycle. come oh, yeah. on yeah,
0: uh, uh, you know, again, I think again, I they think they're onto something with the future looking and that maybe they're they're looking at this technology down the road as something that, uh, you know, kind of takes the human factor out potentially. I might want it on my Rokon,
3: though, you know. That little <laughs> baby's hard to turn. There you go. <laughs> no, you know, that's like, to me, that's like DCT. The the, the double sure. clutch transmission, I don't need it. I, I, I still sure. got lots of mobility in that left hand for the clutch and the left foot for the shifting of the gears. Sure, sure. And I don't know. It's just yeah. more, more stuff to pay for that we don't right. need. Or more things that will break. But that's just my personal opinion.
0: Sure. And I suppose, you know, on a a really heavy, heavier bike, on a, you know, slow speed maneuvering, maybe, you know,
3: (laughs) maybe there's a market for that. So maybe Jeremy McGrath will jump over to Yamaha and he'll have the first power steering supercross bike. There you go. Tell us about the Kawasaki video.
0: Yeah, so so Kawasaki has on YouTube a video series that's called The Science of Supercross. And these are short videos. They have over a hundred of them and uh they're hosted by Jeremy McGrath. And uh they give you a really good breakdown of Supercross and uh you know they they explain the different features and, the you know, the whoops, and they've got the interviews with riders about, you know, what their experience is for them of, of different parts of a supercross race and how they, um, you know, what their strategy is or what the, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a lot of, if you watch a lot of really great <laughs> motorcycle racers, they sometimes make things look easy. And so this gives you a little bit more of a perspective of of what they're experiencing, or what their strategy is, or what a good day on a on a section of whoops is like, and what it what it's like when it doesn't go well, and you know how they um, you know what they do or don't like about the you know the different uh, uh, terrain that they have to go through, and uh, they've got some really good footage and some slow motion footage and rider interviews, and and I'm it's gonna, a really fun series.
3: I'm gonna give it a go. Because really well done. I've I've never been really hip to the fact that in Supercross you just ride around in circles all day, and there's a whole bunch of bumps and the whoop-de-doo parts there, you know, and and then you got to go to chiropractor when you're all done. <laughs> right. and, so I, I know. I'm giving it yeah. a go so I better understand what I'm watching.
0: Yeah, even in slow motion, it looks painful. Uh, gosh, so some of that stuff it gives you a real pre- appreciation for uh, for how they uh, what they how they're skilled for that kind of riding it's it's pretty impressive
3: Did they do an interview with anybody's kidney <laughs> I, I didn't i haven't watched enough of them to see that yet huh well okay uh well we've been talking about electric motorcycles here and there we got another tip that ktm is developing e-bikes for kids
0: yeah, these are uh, these are like the 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 Stri is it the Strider bikes that have no pedals? They're like you just stand on them. Yeah. Um.
3: So these are that and the, the Stazics bikes. Yeah, the, they're, right. They're, they're, and they have electric ones already. Okay. So these, these are that same
0: deal. Um, you know, of course they're KTM colors and
3: probably have little
0: racer plates and stuff on them, but you can, you know, you can use it in non-power mode. Uh, but then they also have a power mode. Um, so you can get kids used to, uh, the balance on the bike, but then give them a little bit of, um, a little, little
3: bit of a little boost, a little power boost. So you know what the, you know, what the poor man's version of that is. I'm going to get my grandson a Stasic bike and I'm going to get him a can of orange spray paint to go (laughs) with it.
0: There you go. There you go. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Yeah. So um, I I couldn't tell yet if, there these are uh when these are going to be available in the u.s but um because everything i saw was you know kilometers per hours and uh centimeters for measurements so um <laughs> hopefully those are going to become available in in the u.s but it's uh just one more way to get little riders uh hooked on the sport uh and and used to balancing and used to a little bit of throttle
3: assist um and uh looks looks like a lot of fun all right so we were talking about um you know, maybe update your training a little bit. And you got some news on the Women's Coalition of Motorcyclists doing some group rider training. Tell us yeah, about the, that.
0: Yeah, this is a, a group that meets monthly on the third Sunday of each month. I think it's at 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, small group, and it's everything from new riders to um, – this. I participated for the first time this uh, uh in the sunday in march the third sunday in march okay but, and,
3: but let me get yeah. this straight are we meeting yeah. online or are we meeting at the coffee shop this is online this is a virtual uh,
0: okay. virtual training and what they're doing is uh they're they're uh they're running through together as a group uh the cornering skills street confidence online program but doing it as a group so that you have that added benefit of discussing the lessons after you go through each one and people can, you know, there's everybody in this group from brand new writers to there was also a writing instructor there. And so you get... Um, you know, it's a, a way to get a kind of higher level of learning when you engage with the material in a way that that gets people talking about it. So um, if you want to join the Women's Coalition of Motorcyclists, they have a, you know, $12 membership fee that's for a whole year. Um, and uh, then you get the, the Zoom link to join on Sundays and um, you get to go through this uh, uh, online training program in a group and discuss it and uh, it's a it's a nice way there there's um there's Going to be some on bike homework. And so people will have time to do some drills and things on their motorcycle and then come back together at the next meeting and, and talk about their experiences. So it's it's a nice way to to learn in a group and um you know you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home until it's time to do your on-bike
3: homework. Well, I think you should leave the comfort of your own home, and I think you <laughs> yes. should leave the charge. And here's how I think you should do it: you grab <laughs> your phone, you put it on a mount on your bike. And you ride and and watch the Zoom call as as you're going through it, so you can be doing the stuff live. You know that's probably a bad idea.
0: You know, you you. It's funny you mention that because I I do have a group of people that I meet with on Zoom, and I keep telling them that one of these times I'm going to put that my phone on my motorcycle and take them all for a ride so I'll let you know how that goes there's no educational component it'll just be for fun and uh, I, but i I haven't yet tried zoom on a motorcycle but I might someday in the future <laughs> <laughs> I won't, I, w- I won't, like, I'll just set it and forget it and let them, you know, see the, it'll be like, a, I don't know, who knows, it might be a terrible Maybe idea, you get one of those uh, BMWs
3: where it just drives automatically, you don't need to do anything there to balance it, There maybe. you go, there you go. You don't need to balance it, you just, like, strap yourself onto the BMW and let it take you wherever there you, you want to go.
0: Yeah, and then just put the, uh, make sure you mute your speaker so they don't have to hear your engine
3: the whole time, unless they're into that. yeah. So then there's this uh, bush plane called Scrappy. What do you know about Scrappy? Yeah, so
0: so this was an article in Cycle World, and, and check it out online because you get the pictures. <laughs> but this is uh, motorcycles mounted to airplane wings. Not kidding. This is for real. Um, picture a, a Piper Super Cub airplane with uh, electric bikes um, mounted under the wings. These are Segway dirt e-bikes, and they're – um, although it's an e-bike, they're they're kind of borderline motorcycle in that they have no pedals. Um, they go forty-six miles an hour. They have a seventy-five mile range. Um, they go four hours on a full charge, and they weigh about one hundred and twenty-one pounds. But this, um, so they're they're mounted onto the wings of the plane, and they're charged by solar panels on the wings. So um, it's you know it's a way to get. You got your airplane and then you got your your e-bikes mounted to the to the the wings of the bush plane and you can get almost anywhere and, you know, ride around for a while in places that you would otherwise have no way to get to. So, yeah, I was going to say
3: most places where bush planes go, there's no roads anyway. So
0: exactly when they get the electric
3: rocon, I'll be there.
0: There you go. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. How much fun does that sound like?
3: All right. That was fun. Let's uh, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we'll get into what's going on on the calendar.
1: Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by
3: Valentine Motor Works, Seattle's independent service
2: shop specializing in BMW motorcycles and beyond. Call or visit them to discuss your next service or restoration project soon. Find them online at valentinemotorworks.com.
4: Hey, I'm John from Breyer, Washington, and... Uh,
3: Well, it's not real local, but I like going to John Day, Oregon uh, for the rally, and Highway 19 is an awesome ride.
1: Hi, this is Misty
3: from Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. are back on The Soundwriter Show. Tom Barron, the publisher, here with you, and Jennifer Poole as hey, well. Hey, everybody. And we are going to get into the calendar segment of the show. Now that the weather's better, now that Yay. the mosquitoes are getting ready to feast on us. <laughs> what about all that pollen? Man. Yeah,
0: there is a lot of that in there.
3: I really don't like the cedar, juniper, alder stuff, that. That gets me lit up, but hopefully it's mostly all gone now. Anyways, uh, for April, uh, we have started and will continue the Cafe to Cafe Grand Tour event. That's going to go from now through September. We've had a number of people signing up this last month, and uh, we had to change one location because it's not there anymore, but we we fixed all that, and then uh, there was another location if if you've already signed up for Cafe to Cafe, I encourage you to follow along with the notes that we put on the page, on the yes. website page. Because uh, location number nine is inside of a gas station.
1: Hmm. You will have Tricky. to go
3: into the gas station in order to get your food. Okay. But, uh, but that you know, that, we we that's not the first time we've done that. We did that with uh, sure. Andres out in Walla Walla before. Yeah, now, there Andre's-
0: used to be a re- yeah. I was gonna say there used to be a really great uh, Mexican restaurant and a gas station in Puyallup, and then I, it, it got more popular than the gas station and just turned into full time restaurant.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what happened to uh, Andres in Walla Walla. Is uh, he got so popular, he finally went and got a retail location up in downtown nice. Walla Walla. So, yeah, it's great. Got to start somewhere, right? All right, uh, April 2nd and 3rd, Saturday and Sunday, out in Odessa, Washington. It is the Desert 100, and they've been really good about putting up some informative posts the last few weeks. Great. Is that, uh, uh, you say, posts on Facebook? Is that
0: where you find Yeah, I've seen the them details? on. They're okay. coming
3: in on Facebook for me, but they might be on Instagram, and they're getting transferred over. You know, old okay. people like me don't use Instagram, so... <laughs> right. So, uh, one of the posts that came up the other day was uh, about bringing dogs, and okay, and it is okay to bring dogs, but they pointed out that it, you know, it's 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 noisy there all day yep. and all night, and yeah. so your dog is gonna have a PTSD issue if he doesn't like loud. It's like it's like bringing your dog to the Fourth of July fireworks for twenty four to forty eight hours. Sure. So yeah, that could be exhausting for them. Stressful. Um, they also brought up, um, about using, uh, fire rings and having campfires and stuff like that. And, uh, basically what they said is if, if it doesn't have a valve to turn it on and off, you can't use it out in Odessa. So you're not okay, going to bring it be able to have a fire pit with firewood and that sort of thing out there.
0: So, so this is, it sounds like
3: a potentially a camping situation. Uh, yeah, a lot of people can't. Yeah. A lot of people yeah, bring cool. their RVs. Fun. So I tell you, three guys in an RV for three days, that was a little <laughs> tough. Uh, just a little tough on my back. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, and the, the, the terror of getting up and down out of the loft every night was, oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> yeah, right? That's, that's the thing where you want to get up there and be done until you have to get up in the morning. So the uh, Tech store, they do this every yeah. now and then. Tell us what's going on on, uh, what is that, Saturday, April
0: 9th? Yeah, April 9th, the Tech store in Georgetown is going to be open on uh, that Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. They're not usually open on Saturdays, uh, so they're doing that because they've uh, done some uh, redesigns and some upgrades in the store and they want to show that off and uh invite people in and they're also giving away an adventure an adventuro carbon 2 helmet. So uh go check that out, visit them, see what they've got, uh see the new setup in the store and
3: uh maybe you can win a new helmet. And and maybe if you're lucky it'll fit you. Yeah, there you Sometimes, go. Sometimes you know they do those helmet giveaways and uh it's specific to a size. Oh, we okay. We you know, discouraged the dealers against that when we did the rally in the gorge. We always sure. say, hey, look, you know, if you're gonna donate a helmet, it's gotta yep. be available in any size.
0: Yeah. So. I think uh it, you know, with the with it being right in the store there, they'll be able to help people get fitted to the right one. So uh they're pretty smart folks there. I think they'll have that covered.
3: And then it looks like Tuesday, the twelfth of April, we got a BDR Wyoming event coming up. Give us the details on that.
0: Yeah, so the backcountry discovery routes have, as we've been talking about on the past show or two, uh, there's a new route that's been developed in Wyoming, and uh, they've got a film out for that. And so uh, that film is, uh, there's been some showings at different uh, dealerships and other venues uh, over the, since that's been released. Um, If you haven't had a chance to catch it yet, uh, you can go to Grace and Hammer Pizza in Redmond, Oregon, and, again, that's Tuesday, April 12th, I think around 5.30 p.m. So you can go uh, get some pizza and, and watch that uh, BDR Wyoming film and get inspired to to take a back road trip.
3: All righty. On uh, Wednesday the 20th, the Backfire Moto event is happening, and I got an update from Sean about this the other day. Uh, this is happening down in Ballard by Shelter where they used to have it. Okay. Uh, I think it's actually where it sort of was born. Uh, cool. Shelter did a uh, like a remodel on the restaurant, and so now they've got that open. Uh Fun. they don't have like the live DJ and that sort of stuff going yet, but they're they're working their way to it. Cool. So that's great. That's Good happening. development. Nice. Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the twenty second through the twenty fourth. Omra will be racing at. P.I.R. And I believe that Friday date is actually track day. So if you're down in the Portland area, you want to do a track day. That's, uh, that's an option for you.
0: Yeah. If you don't know those acronyms, that's the Oregon motorcycle road racing association at, uh, what is it? Uh, Portland international raceway. Yeah right by that right down
3: there by i5 going i'm gonna put
0: it yep i'm gonna toss in another uh reminder folks they usually need volunteers so if you wanna if you're interested in that go to their website and uh gets you you know really close to the action for sure if you don't mind helping them out they usually need flaggers and other people to help uh direct
3: riders and do other stuff so um it's a good opportunity to to get up close Same holds true for Wimra, Washington Motorcycle Road Racing Association. They usually need volunteers as well. Yeah. Wherever you live, you can go volunteer your time for some road racing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Saturday the 23rd up in Linden, Washington, the Northwest Classic Vintage Motorcycle Expo. And without giving you a whole lot of details on that, I'll say stick around because our guest coming up on the next segment of the show is Mark Catteran, who is the chair for the Expo. Yeah, that's a
0: really exciting event with lots of uh, uh, really cool stuff to check out.
3: So uh, stay tuned for that. On Sunday, the 24th, in uh, Milwaukee, Oregon, a bait of Southeast Oregon will be having their spring swap meet. See, now this is what you do, Jen. Mm -hmm. You go up to the Northwest Classic Vintage Motorcycle Expo, which has a swap meet on Saturday the 23rd, (laughs) and then you I-5 it down to (laughs) Milwaukee. There you go. And you go to that one on Sunday. (laughs) There you go. If you can't find what you need that weekend, you're in trouble. Uh, Friday the 29th through Sunday the May 1st, the One Moto Show is happening in Portland. Great. Lots of information on their website about that now. And by the way, you know, all these things that we're talking about, you can link to all of them on the Soundwriter calendar page.
0: Yeah. Get the details and uh, check these events out.
3: Uh, Also on Saturday, the 30th of April, ARMA, which is the, what is it? Antique Historic. Something Motorcycle Association. Racing Motorcycle Racing, Association. Yep, Sir. Sure. They will be having their regional trials in Crooked River, Oregon. Where the heck is that? Crooked River's really cool. It's uh it's down north of Redmond. Oh, cool. Okay. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful area. And uh that sort of uh melds into what's that river down there? not the John right, River uh, but. no idea. Anyways, it's beautiful. <laughs> if you're down there go.
0: Yeah, take your hiking boots uh, <laughs> or your little BMX bike or whatever you need to get around to the different uh uh the different spots where they're doing the the uh what do you call them the little uh, I don't I can't think of the word but anyway the challenges <laughs> yeah the little challenges so yeah. cuz usually they you know the the riders can get from point A to point B pretty quickly and the rest of us are trudging along in our hiking boots through the trails
3: and stuff but uh yeah that's always fun to watch the trials and then on uh Saturday the 30th if you don't want to go all the way down to Crooked River just want to hang around to Puget town if that's where you live uh there will be a trials competition up at Gold Bar in the Reader area. Cool. So, yeah. And again, Fun. the links are there on the Soundwriter calendar page for more details. Uh, ARM is coming back to Crooked River on May 1st and they'll be having a vintage motocross event. Fun. So it sounds to me like like uh, somebody's got some private property down there. That yeah, maybe so. Crook- yeah,
0: yeah. Sounds like a great place to check out. Keep an eye
3: on because they might have more events as uh, the months and the summer rolls in. Yeah, so lots going on. We're going to take a little break when we come back. We've got our interview with Mark Catterin from the Washington Vintage Motorcyclist.
1: Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by Cycle Barn
3: of Smoky Point,
1: your
2: destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM, featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area. The Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at cyclebarn.com.
5: Hello, this is Joey from Joey's Moto Dump and Junkyard on Maury Island in beautiful British Columbia. One of my favorite rides is in Washington from Mappin to Big Colton on the Glade Road. I like to just drop the throttle and let it roll. But right now, I'm listening to the Sound Rider Show. Hi, this is Rich from Rich's Custom Motorcycle Seats, and you're listening to The Soundrider Show.
3: I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Jennifer Poole, the motorcyclist at large. And we have a special guest right now. Uh, We have Mark Catterin from the Washington Vintage Motorcyclist, who uh, that group is putting on a swap meet this month, better known as an expo. And Mark is the chair for the expo. So we, we've got the source here with us. Hello, Mark.
5: Hi. Hi, Tom. Jennifer.
0: Hey, Mark. Welcome in. Hey, tell us about uh, so the, the dates for the, the expo so that everybody can mark their calendars and planning uh, plan on getting there. Uh,
5: what are the dates and the location? It's um, going to be in Linden County Fairgrounds up in Linden, Washington, April 23rd. From 10 to about four.
0: And for those of you that don't know Linden, that's up close to the Canadian border, right?
5: Yeah, it's about um, 10 minutes past uh, Bellingham, north of Bellingham. On the Guide Meridian, actually, is the quickest way to get there. I-5 north to the Guide Meridian exit. And then it's just a going follow the star north, and just a straight line up the Guide Meridian, and you get to Front Street up in Linden and take a right. Can't, And then uh, it's right down the, about four blocks.
3: So give us a little history, since we've never had anybody on the show before from WVM, give us a little history of the Washington Vintage Motorcyclist.
5: Um, the club was originally part of the VME organization in Seattle. Um, I wasn't a member that early. Um, some at some point, it carved away from that group and uh, moved further north, centered around Mount Vernon. Um, you guys do a was, monthly meeting? Yes, we have monthly meetings, second uh, Tuesday of every month. Um, we It's in Mount Vernon. Where do you um, hold the
3: meeting at now? Pardon me? Where do you hold the meeting at now?
5: It's, uh, currently at the, um, Burlington community center. Do you we have, have people
0: bu- showing up and, uh, riding their bikes in this to the, oh, all, the, the, the all the time?
5: Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Our club has, a, we've been pushing 150 paid members and our meetings are typically, we have 40 to 60 people show up every meeting. No, no less than that at all. A lot of, uh, a lot of people like to ride up here.
3: That's fantastic. And there's yeah. a, a, a monthly ride that you guys have all as well?
5: We do a lot of um, individually sponsored club rides. It's not, not, no, I should take, roll that back. Not club rides. <laughs> um, just to keep the club away from liabilities. Many of us have uh, tiddler runs. Um, we do uh, rides to over-the-pass rides. Uh, over into Winthrop. Um, we have featured rides through um, places like Woodby Island, and we have uh, off-road rides as well, depending on who wants to sponsor those. So it's a varied, invite, and uh, and it varies all throughout the summer.
3: So the, you- the uh, off-road rides, are those in uh, Whatcom County somewhere?
5: They are. They're not... Um, the last two have been more trials rides. The, our age group is a little on the high side for off-road riding. Um, so those that's always been fun. One of our members has a couple uh, pieces of property that he has a, a gentle trials trial ride. So it's kind of fun for us.
3: So basically, if the, it if the starts with a W, you guys will ride there. Whidbey, <laughs> Winthrop, Watcom.
5: Yeah, it uh, we do a lot of riding and and it's a fun. We like to pay attention to tiddlers, as well as all other kinds of riding.
3: Go ahead, Jim.
0: I was just going to ask. You must get a pretty great variety of of bikes uh, spanning over a pretty long range of time. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the the fun uh, fun rides that people are bringing to these meetings and events?
5: Yeah, we're, or we're we have an eclectic. Um, Group, everything from everybody's got a marquee. There's Vincent's all the way through little Honda tiddlers. Um, there's a the bikes range from the 30s and some of the Harley Davison's to all the way through Norton's and BMWs. Um, our president is uh, Bill Stevens is I quite got- quite a collector, as well as a whole host of other f- people that are in the group. We're featuring Norton this year at the show. So there'll be, there's going to be lots of, um, I think there's a couple guys who have um, racers that have won races that go back to their earlier you know, days of uh, riding motorcycles.
3: So, so let's talk about the show. Um, I went to the show, one of the very first ones, it was probably around 2005. It was in an animal barn at a fairground down in Mount Vernon. And uh, you guys have grown up a lot since then. And you moved it up to the, the expo grounds up at uh, Linden. Yes. So what are we going to see when we pull up on our bike? We're going to get off. We're going to buy a ticket. What are we going to see when we walk in?
5: You're going to see the auction bikes that we have. We've got a a Benelli uh, pit bike and a couple other Hondas. Um, There's going to be, we have almost 45 vendors, parts, services, four motorcycles of all ages. Um, There's going to be a Norton uh, stand. I think there's 35 vintage and um, new bikes too. And these are like show bikes, very polished and uh, clean. And then there's going to be, we have probably about 20 right now of just uh, bike uh, common riders. Everything from uh, Honda, what they call hurricanes. And a lot of uh, odd odds and ends, and it's not featuring any one marquee. It's open to all the marquees.
3: So, will there be a, a special category for rat bike?
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have a couple of brothers who uh, try to do their the rat the rat brothers. Uh, I think yeah, I think <laughs> and they they've raced and they make their own bikes and they race in. Um, on the salt flats. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the Bjorkland brothers. I'd love to have them come by. Um, They're kind of busy. So um, it'd be great. We've been working to get them to bring some of their bikes that have set records at the, at the flats.
3: Yeah. They did a nice video a few years ago.
5: And, yes. Uh, uh, Out of nothing.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yep. That was beautiful.
5: Yeah, that was great. It was good.
3: And so then there's going to be a swap meet with parts and that sort of thing as well, right?
5: Yes. Yes. There's there's probably out of the 35 vendors who have gotten booths, there's 20 of them are just wanting to clean out their garage. (laughs) Uh, After two years, I think a lot of people have come to decide what they will keep and what they will not. And uh, I think... I've fielded quite a few that are just looking to get rid of some old bikes. Always a fun time. Expand your networks. See what's out there. Still well, got- and
0: yeah, That's- I think, too, you know, there's there's probably a fair number of people that uh, may, uh, I know with the older bikes, can have a hard time sometimes finding what they need. Yeah. And uh, it's likely yeah. in somebody else's garage. So when people uh, bring bring that stuff that they've decided they don't have use for anymore. It could just be the perfect gem of the thing that uh, somebody else has been waiting to find for potentially
5: years. And it's always fun for an enthusiast, particularly of any marquee to find and meet other people who are similar that they didn't know. Expand your networks. there's plenty of that. Um, The show is also meant to, uh, you know, be attractive to first time writers the enthusiast, you know, not just the <laughs> dyed in the wool collector.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, you got a lot to offer at the show and uh, uh, for uh, for people to come check out, and lots of good eye candy and vendors yes. and kind of everything all in one.
5: Yeah, it's free parking. There's uh, special uh, motorcycle parking right out the front door. Uh, it's five bucks to get in. It's a good uh, deal. We're making it as affordable to the public as we possibly can, yeah,
3: we're all yeah, hungry we we all want to go ride our motorcycle somewhere now, so now you have a destination location we can plan to go out to
5: Well so Wacom County's pretty flat, and there's lots of land to run around in
3: <laughs> All right, anything else we need to cover on the show that people need to know? What about pets? can they you know people are going to come in their cars. Can they bring their dog with them?
5: Sure. Okay. Well, they can't bring them into the sh- if they're a, if they're a comfort animal and they're off the floor, they can bring them in. But um, the because of the county requiring, uh, there's no pets on the grounds. All you know, they have to have them on leashes and then keep them in your car. But you can't bring them in the buildings.
3: Okay. And make sure you roll the window down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs>
5: yes. <laughs> yes.
3: All right, folks. It's it's the. Uh, Northwest Classic Vintage Motorcycle Expo, going to be in Linden on April 23rd. That's a Saturday. We've got a link to it on the Soundwriter calendar page with all the information. Uh, I know I do have one more question. Uh, Are there any vendor spaces left? Or are they sold out?
5: We'll have probably about 10, I think, at this time today. I'm keeping track of uh, the mail that comes into my house. Um, and they're they're rolling through, and I know when I left a week ago, there was uh, up there were 30 of them used taken, so that left us 20, 15 or 20. I'm pretty sure we have 10 left at at this time.
3: There'll be some food vendors on site as well.
5: Uh, food vendors will be outside. There will be a coffee shop, a uh, coffee bar inside. Okay.
3: All right. So now it's official. Saturday, April 23rd, Northwest Classic Vintage Motorcycle Expo being held in Linden, Washington. Ride north on I-5. And uh, I know I'm looking forward to getting on the bike and riding up that day. And All right. I'll see you when I get up there.
5: Okay, guys. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank yep. you, Tom. Thank Thanks, you. Marks.
3: See you later. All right. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we got some
1: tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by...
3: I-90
2: Motorsports, your eastside
1: destination for Honda, Yamaha, Triumph, KTM,
2: Suzuki, and Can-Am sales and service. Does your taste for outdoor fun go beyond two wheels? I-90 Motorsports has you covered with a wide range of sleds, watercraft, UTVs, and side-by-sides, too. Check them out online today at I-90Motorsports.com.
4: Hi, my name is Steve. I'm from Olympia, Washington. Uh, My favorite area to ride in is around uh, Kamei, Idaho, where the gravel roads are fantastic and the paved roads are even better.
1: Hi there,
2: this
0: is Uli Langenberg from Uli's Famous Sausage, and you are listening to The Sound Rider Show.
3: the Soundwriter show and uh we wouldn't want to leave you without a couple of good tips and tricks jen what do you got this month
0: yeah i borrowed uh the the tips from an article that uh, came out of the newsletter for eagle leather if you don't know e- eagle leather they're in uh tacoma on south tacoma way where uh 512 highway 512 and south Tacomaway. it's kind of in that area and um they they put out a newsletter that had some tips on how to uh, increase the gas mileage on your motorcycle, <laughs> which, you know, with gas prices as they are, it's uh, that's uh, some information I thought would be great to share. So um, they, they had a few ideas for you and I'm, I'm just going to run through them real quickly. Um, one, keep your tank full. And the reason that they uh, suggested that was just because it reduces fuel evaporation um, and then keep your tires properly inflated uh, check and replace your your air filter so that you uh, have your bike running optimally. Uh, minimize any extra weight. Um, avoid aggressive driving and um and then you know i mean there's the the other kind of no fun I don't have any fun uh component to that is is to um you know take the highways when possible just because of the uh stop and go traffic can be a real drain on your fuel and then their last tip was to uh be aerodynamic and you know consider wearing a full face helmet the you know those having been designed uh, generally, usually with racing in mind, and so they're more aerodynamic. So they just wanted to uh, give everybody some ideas to, to uh, get the most mileage out of your bike in these uh, times when the gas prices have uh, really taken an
3: uptick. Yeah, those are some good tips, and I like to see Eagle Rider uh, promoting wearing a full-face helmet. because Sure, sure. I, I was always surprised how Harley shops – Kind of always just wanted to sell anybody a a half shell or a three quarter shell, and didn't didn't do a lot of emphasis. And then um, there's been times over the you know I've I've done this now across three decades. Um, There was times actually I'm in my fourth decade, Um, (laughs) but you know every once in a while you hear about a dealer dying because he was out going to Sturgis with his store people. And you always find out that the guy didn't have a helmet on or he didn't have any decent gear on, and he probably didn't have to die, but he did. And I never understood why there wasn't more emphasis from dealers about getting better gear on.
0: Yeah, you know – what do they say the best helmet if what if you want to get the best helmet uh, tell tell me what kind of crash you're going to have
3: <laughs> <laughs> well that'll make you think at least yeah
0: right right so oh, but those, are good,
3: those are good tips
0: yeah i appreciated that they they put that out and uh gives you some things to think about if you're uh, especially too it kind of dovetails nicely with your article about getting your bike ready for spring and making sure you've you know got your air filters and your tires inflated and all that stuff it, it yeah. uh,
3: will hey who you. would want to ride a motorcycle after you listen to this show i mean you got so <laughs> many things now you got to think about I know, you got right? your head spinning when you get out on your bike <laughs> well Whoa. you know we probably have some more rainy weekends where you can tackle some of these things
0: so uh be glad that we're telling you now and not saying this in june when you're just uh
3: you know itching to get out yeah And June is when when I like to go take my overnight trips. Mm -hmm. And so I've been kind of uh, working on doing uh, some recipes for manifold cooking.
0: Oh, tell me more about that. That sounds uh, like a a real win on uh, taking advantage of uh, what you got.
3: Yeah. You know, you got a bike with a nice exhaust manifold. You can always wrap some food up in some foil. And then uh, you can use like a C-clamp or a... Uh, a hose clamp or whatever and wrapped out around your exhaust pipe and while you're riding you can be heating up your next meal. Sure
0: then when you get to your destination you've already got your food cooked I mean you just don't even have to waste any time waiting at restaurants or getting your camp stove fired up.
3: Yeah in fact fact, you know that exhaust manifold stays hot long enough that you could actually get your tent and stuff set up and then you could sit down to eat.
0: There you go. Sure, you so, get some uh, nice uh, roasted vegetables. And, oh, so you've uh, done this
3: yourself too? Oh, sure, yeah. 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 I mean,
0: yeah, it's it's a, a great way to take advantage of that heat coming off the manifold or the exhaust pipe.
3: Yeah, I always use, you know, like the roasted vegetables, the carrots and stuff. I, I always put a little brown sugar and some ghee in, and then I double mm. wrap it in the foil because you know it's going to leak all over a little bit. Sure. And, and sure. You, you know, when you clean your bike, you're going to have to wipe some of that off later, but – um Oh, it's just delicious.
0: Well, my favorite, too, is using butter because then you get that nice smell. It smells
3: great. Yeah. I, I, you know, I got to get down there with my, um, you know, that, that infrared thermometer I love so much. Yes. I just yep. want to make sure I'm not getting the, the temperature up over 350 because I don't want to burn the butter because then it true. gets carcinogenic.
0: That's true. You got to yeah. be careful with the smoke point of your cooking oils. Exactly. Sure. That's why Especially, I
3: go with the with the ghee and, and you know, uh, a uh, popping corn that's that's really mm-hmm. good to do on that manifold mm-hmm. too
0: sure so, yeah yeah you just got to be careful that you don't wrap your foil too tight
3: yeah because then all of a sudden you look in your rear view mirror and there's all these little white specks going back right. behind you on the road you know, yeah uh-oh. and there went your snack yep you don't but have you know a i anymore. think uh, uh i haven't tried this but i'm going to uh you take the the jiffy what do they sure. call it? Jiffy <laughs> Yeah, the Jiffy Pop. Jiffy Pop. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just you just take some copper wire, not, not with any insulation on it, just bare copper right. wire and you wrap the handle around one part of the manifold there so it go. stays on, but then that, that whole top of the jiffy pop can pop up. And and you gotta make sure, you know, that you don't have it in the way of the tire or anything like that. Sure. And, uh, but, mu- yeah. You, you might have to, you, you know, uh,
0: uh, see, you probably want to do that at a little bit of a lower speed so that, um, you don't lose the popcorn, but at the same time, you're de- definitely going to want to get the bike temperature up. So make sure, you know, maybe you go for, uh, a longer ride and then and then put that on and and then take the slow roads maybe.
3: And you gotta be careful. You don't want to be looking down there to see if the if the popcorn's mm-hmm. popped yet. You kinda gotta stop and pull over and check that. I don't want anybody, you know, do anything dangerous out there. Sure.
0: Yeah. And you don't wanna get popcorn in the rider behind you, you know, you don't want that flying in their face.
3: No. No,
0: unless unless they can open up. Now, if you could do it right, if if the wind is just right, you know, you could have them open up their helmet and their mouth. Oh, and they could eat popcorn popcorn while you ride.
3: Right. You can feed the person
0: behind you with the snack as they go.
3: Well, and, you know, the nice thing about this, this cooking on the manifold thing doesn't matter if it's raining. You got everything all wrapped up in the foil. So, you know, you might have taken like a a steak and and you got that wrapped up in the foil. If it's raining, it doesn't matter. Yep, It's true. So chicken will be a little better because chicken you can you get that hot and keep it hot without it going too far to the other side. It won't, it won't. Eventually it'll dry out. But like a steak, you gotta kind of watch your time on that. But you could put a probe in, and then you could you could connect the reader for the probe to your handlebar, and that way you know.
0: Yeah, and you know
3: you might be right up there. You might be up on I five, and and all of a sudden you hit one twenty five on that probe. You oh. Tied to pull yep. over and have my sure. stick now.
0: Yeah, and there you go. And if you do it with the chicken, and you put a nice coating on it, you'll have a nice crispy outside and then uh, moist on the inside. So if you, you know, if you prep it right, uh, you could really end up with a nice dinner.
3: Well, I tell you, some of the best ideas come in April. I don't know why, but but uh, that's <laughs> our tips and tricks. That's our show. We'll be back uh, in May. Uh, maybe we'll have something special you can do for mom on Mother's Day with your motorcycle. I, I don't know. We haven't planned it out yet. There you go.
0: And happy April Fool's Day, everybody.
4: The Sound Writer Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patients of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on The Sound Rider Show.